was another thing I wanted to bring up before we started recording, but do you know what? Sod it. I don't care. I don't care. What the weatherman says, if the weatherman says it's raining. Where's the intro? Lou said to me before she went. Um, I was saying to her, I was trying to get, I was trying to make it so that I could play the theme, like the the title sequence for the podcast, over this live stream, and uh, I couldn't quite get it right because it needs it needs to play as a full video, and that title sequence isn't as long as the title tune because there's a bleed over. Um, So the video version of the title sequence has a black screen for the last like twenty odd seconds. Yes, it does. And woo. Uh, which obviously, when you watch this, as you've just seen it now, it didn't have a black screen. It cut to us chinwagging about the tile <clears throat> sequence. Yeah. But it means that playing it as a video live during this broadcast was wibbly, and I couldn't quite get it to fade from one thing to another. So I was like, we'll just sort it in post. And Lou went, oh, right. And you've got to think of your fake joke, like punchline. And I went, <laughs> oh, sweet, innocent baby dear. Uh, that was a whole show and trying ago. That was a whole show ago. But in the spirit of Christmas. In the spirit. If this were Big Damn Cast. If this were. The fake punchline off the back of the title sequence would be. <laughs> <laughs> and then I applied pressure to both sides. <laughs> and the blighter burst by itself. <laughs> <laughs> oh, completely coincidentally, I have more eggnog. Ooh, um, so, um, hi, hi, hi. Welcome to Big Dollar Pop Culture Podcast. Hi. A Christmas podcast. A Christmas. Can you not tell from me wearing space Nazis and Santa hats on my shirt? Me wearing a blue jumper. Featureless um, blue jumper. Yeah, not featureless. You've got one of them really subtle logos. Oh, I don't even know what that logo is. What is that logo? I don't know, but if this were the BBC, we wouldn't bother putting a bit of gaffer tape over that because you can't quite see it. But it's there. Do you remember when Fruit of the Loom was the shit? As in, everyone had it and they just kind of had to have it because it was the only company that made like school clothes. It was, and... it was Life, Liberty and Fruit of the Loom. Yeah. Little, that, was, that was the advertising. Little game. what's it there? Little, little fibbly wibbly there. Yeah. Um, and it was really irritating and the stitching underneath was horrible and it used to scrape the nips. Well, I was asked your fault. You got sensitive ducting. I I have sensitive tubes, and you know this. They don't. I have very sensitive, very squishy nipples. <laughs> so I was not prepared for the fruit of the loom, and it's constant scratching of my prepubescent nips during a PE wasn't lesson. Wasn't ready. Wasn't ready. I wasn't ready for that particular awakening. I, I wasn't ready. It took me several years and and the whole like puberty to get to the point where I was like. I mean, oh. I mean <laughs> play with them if you want. But, um, yeah, for for those who are watching this on the YouTube, hello. I'm sorry. Uh, for those who are listening to this in audio, hi. A few heads up about things that are going to happen. This is going out live as we record it on Twitch. So uh, my community who've watched some of our special anniversaries before yes. will be chiming in. We'll be checking in with their comments from time to time during the topics that we're talking about. But also, awesome. uh, on the audio medium, you might hear this. You might hear this. And you might hear this. <laughs> uh, that's because the Christmas gimp has brought us some coffee and some tea. 
tasty treats. The Christmas gimp. To tuck into. Ah, everyone's favourite festive fetish. The Christmas gimp. Mm. He's a beautiful... I mean, look... Terry Wogan had Mrs. Wogan and a lemon drizzle cake. Adam and Joe have got Boggins. Ah, oh, mate. I love you. Oh. And we've got uh, Tarquin the Christmas Gimp. Tarquin the Christmas Gimp. Tarquin um, the Gimp boy with his leather mask aglow. He just really makes the Fet Life Christmas party pop. <laughs> or squish, whatever a you're into. Kink is for life, not just for Christmas. Ask the man whose nipples got rubbed against fruit. Oh, there we go. Um, so yeah, uh, we are we are recording this in a slightly different normal the normal scenario setting, yeah. but we still have our trusty, incredibly sensitive microphones. <laughs> Welcome to Big Damn ASMR. This is the sound of a fairly pathetic mustache rubbing against a microphone. <laughs> Actually, um, we haven't recorded for a couple of months. No, we haven't. Um, we haven't seen each other for a couple of months. No, we haven't. Because I fucked off to America yeah. for three weeks yeah. that became three and a half weeks because of a fucking hurricane. It was a whole thing. Yeah, I got stuck. I got stuck in Orlando because of a pissing hurricane. And, and just like, it. so... What a shame. It's... <laughs> <laughs> Look, the holiday was nice and it was cool and I did some cool shit, but you know how it is with any trip. You get to the last couple of days and you have that feeling of, oh, I'm looking forward to being in my own bed. I'm looking forward to seeing the pets. I'm looking forward to having a takeaway curry on that first night. Like, I just want to, I want to get back. I want to relax. That's all I want to do. All I want to do is do it. Big girl, big girl. <laughs> and that's what the Fruit of the Loom said to me as it rubbed my nips. And I was like, ah! Um, and when you get to the last day and suddenly the weather and the airport and the local authorities and a text sent to every phone in the area with a warning goes, <laughs> you ain't going nowhere. <laughs> Cause I'm Mr. Hurricane and you ain't going nowhere. It was just, it was the worst thing. It was the worst thing. Um, add to that a family that weren't used to traveling abroad. Uh, the members of the family went to, like, some of them aren't used to that. Um, and anxieties, like, being dealt with and all that stuff. Just, it was not a pleasant few days. So, getting back, like, I remember we chatted before I went away about, when I get back, we'll bagsy one of the other commentaries. Yeah, we'll do one of them. And when I got back, I was like, I need to lie down (laughs) on British soil. (laughs) And not move forever. British mud. British muck. And then um, we've just been busy bees since. You've been busy bees. You've been, you've been, you've been working and toiling and, and nursing and broiling. I have been doing all those things. All different times. So, like, well, sometimes all at the same time. Good Lord. Um, and I've just been I've been on the job trail like crazy. I've been mm. pushing for stuff, auditioning, having meetings, trying to get <laughs> something going. Yeah. And also, do you know what's been really difficult? Trying to find part-time work in a 10-mile radius. Yeah, it's yeah. been really freaking difficult. And I thought, right, mid-December, all the positions where they want to rush people in to do cover shift, the ones where they always prey on that they're just out of high school 16-year-olds because oh, yeah, yeah. they can underpay them. But you like, can't pass for just out of high school Oh, no, no, but like they'd, they'd be done by that point. Are you kidding me? This facial hair, I get ID'd. I get ID'd because I look like a teenager who's trying. That must be nice. It's not. <laughs> I, want my, I want my tasty liquid. Stop trying to grow that moustache. <laughs> 
You're bringing it on yourself. I trimmed it today. <laughs> and, um, and, <laughs> and, um, yeah, I, I, I was like, right, well, they're out of the way. That means it's smooth sailing for, uh, the people looking for, for jobs with for like January, February, like whatever. Nah, no. Sod all. Nothing. Sod all. Nothing. Sod. And might I add, all. A single sausage? <laughs> Yeah. It's getting to the point where the most recent uh, place that opened on our dwindling local shopping precinct uh, was a job centre. And I'm thinking of going in there and going, hi, do you need someone to work here at the job centre? Yeah, I know, right? Because I'm like a 10 minute walk away and I could like, I could, I could make the coffee. I Listen, if you ever want to just feel like the lowest form of life, the the absolute bottom of the evolutionary ladder, the... I've always wanted this. The... Um, I've always wanted this. The plankton that was fed on <laughs> by the very first sea creatures um, <laughs> that allowed life to rise out of the oceans, crawl onto the sandy, sandy beach, and the digestion of yourself was what led to that. If you just want to feel like oh, utter shit, um, go to the job centre. <laughs> so what you're saying is yeah. definitely go. Uh, because it will make me feel slightly better than I currently do. I think part of the, I think part of the, the job description is to um, be someone who can make someone's self-esteem crumble mm. like an like a wet sponge, like wet sponge cake, like one of. I'm hoping. Like well, I'm not hoping because that that that'd be a horrid thing. But I'm hoping you're talking from experience here and not just like that's how you applied to work at the job centre no time. no no and you're no. like they didn't let me in I was too cruel I, yeah. I I can see why people who are unemployed stay unemployed because um, in trying to motivate you they just um, uh, kill your soul crush you um, yeah just crush you and not, and not in the fu- not in the fun Soho way no no no, no. we're not we're not doing Fet Life um, Christmas parties anymore Van Gogh's uh, the knighthood yeah Sorry, Tarquin. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, Tarquin. You Zip can... yourself back up and fuck off. You can put on your, your, day, your daytime hood now. You can put on your daytime uh, ball gag. Yes. Um, which just looks like... A... Here's a question for you. Yeah. Oh, all right. Here's a question. During the height of the coronavirus pandemic... Yeah. Um, height, I say. Not during, full stop, because... Yeah. Hello. Um, during the height of the coronavirus during pandemic, do you think... No. That there were people walking around, much like how people will walk around with their genitals caged for someone's sexual pleasure. Mm. Do you think there were people walking around with ball gags under their masks, hoping against hope that no one asked them a question? Totally. You think so? Okay, just, 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 you? just that full level of, if I go out with this on, I will get such a sexual kick from it. <laughs> That no one knows that I'm wearing oh, a ball yeah. gag while I'm yeah, out. Totally. Even as their mask filled with saliva. Yeah, totally. Do you think they were just like, yeah, I'm going to brave it? No, yeah. I well, I think that's part of the thrill, right? Yeah. I mean... I, you I seem can... awfully confident about it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I wasn't going to say anything, but you are kind of like doubling down. I can really put myself in someone's ball gag shoes. <laughs> um... oh, Don't share ball gags. Very unhygienic. So glad it's just not. I'm just so glad it's no longer known at November, so that this lot can do what they need to do whilst listening to us describe these things. Do you know what else we're going to describe? Um, no, tell me. Pop culture describe shit. What you're gonna Pop describe. culture shit that happened while we were gone. Yeah. That we have yet to discuss openly yeah. beyond maybe a text or two. Yeah. 
Uh, and yeah. we'll start with one you suggested before recording. Yeah. As we sat down, we'd sort of like... Yeah. <laughs> What's the opposite of no? Yeah. We sort of teetered around like some of these subjects. We'll save it for the pod. We'll save it for the pod. We'll save it for the pod. But as we sat down, you went, we never even talked about fucking Power of the Doctor. I was like, that's a very good point. So I think that'd be an interesting place to start. Um, Power of the Doctor. Shit, right. wasn't it? No, oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. The final Doctor Who story of the Chris Chibnall showrunner era it's with Jodie Whittaker and Doctor Who. It's it's fine. fine. I felt <laughs> I felt like it was a, it was like a few things that came out toward this end of the year. It was a jumper with a f- it was a nice jumper, a comfy, cozy jumper mm. with a frayed thread and a very very tiny indecisive tiny little fruit of the loom thing scratching yeah. the nips. Yeah. And the moment you pull that thread collapses to pieces once again this is christian malera doctor who um and i wish i felt more like oh no it was fine like, i didn't hate it pomp like, spectacle buster like, like whatever yeah, that, was, that was all right that but was it, cool. it just yeah i hmm. it was nice to see the old lads back again it was and i think the scenes you t- spoilers for a two-month-old doctor episode oh you don't care um it was nice seeing davison and mccoy in those specific moments they were utilized very well yeah i thought so it was nice getting a glimpse of Paul and Colin and uh, David Bradley popping in to play the first Doctor again briefly. Like, that was nice. But did you have to? (laughs) (laughs) See, for me, that sequence would have made more sense if it was just David Bradley, because then you could kind of go like, right, it's as far as they're concerned, this is the original them, and they're keeping watch at the precipice. Um, But then we know it's not the original them. Well, no, but I mean, in terms of the incarnation, as far as the oh, Doctor yeah, himself course, is concerned and the history of the yeah. show. But but it was also just that thing of, okay, so we've seen Colin, we've seen Sylvester, we've seen Peter, and we've seen Paul. So where's Tom? Where's Tom? Where's David? Where's Matt? You know, where's Capaldi? Well, not, we know not, where not, David is. Well, well, to be, technically, yes, he appeared in it. He showed up in it. And Chris was probably ongoing. No, you're right. Nah, I'm fine, thank no, you very much. No, 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 thanks. Not fussed. Been there, done that. Not fussed. I'm like, fair dues. Been there, um, done that, got the I'm, I'm going to open this because I keep, yeah, you I keep fingering my lint. Oh, that's, the, that's the name of our other gimp. You finger your lint and I'll tell you... Um, Do you like these? I hope you like them. No, I love them. I love them. Oh, thank God. Um, I just realised, like, have I just brought a bowl of stuff I'm going to pick out? No, 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 I, I love them. Don't worry. Um, <laughs> apparently the Doctor was... Um, you know, left me feeling... I'd be feeling like wasted potential. Like most yeah. of the Christian Malera. Just nice, nice bits, but just too many good ideas not developed properly mm-hmm. for the length it was. Like, love the companion support group. Cute love, idea. Love, love, love that. Cute idea. Does raise a few questions. It raises many questions. How the fuck is Mel here? Uh, uh, well, yeah, you know. How has Ian aged? Uh, Last confirmation we had of him being around is that he hasn't aged a day since the 60s. Well, you know, it caught up with him, didn't it? <laughs> it's broken heart syndrome. Barbara died. <laughs> you know? Oh, no! I mean, that actually is a fairly decent explanation. Mm. Oh. Um, but yeah, just like... There's nice things in there. Mm. Um... I love the idea of Tegan receiving a Cyberman, a miniature Cyberman. I mean, like, why the hell would the Doctor send me this? Mm. 
but part of her clearly knowing there's more to this. He wouldn't just do that. That's horrible. There's more to this. I have to know. And then they reveal that the master's like, yeah, I knew that's exactly how you're going to feel. That's why I did it. You, Oi. you idiot. Um, yeah, I, I like that. I love the little jabs between them. Poor Aunt Lavinia. Yeah, because... She's keeping her little doll's house. Oh. Think of how much the master featured during Tegan's run. Mm. Like, it's pretty cool. I, I, bringing that back. It, that, that's the thing, too. The fact that, like, all three... All three of the big bads of the story were people that Ace and Tegan encountered... I'm glad they didn't necessarily waste that in terms of how they mm. felt about the situation. Mm. Um, but at the same time, like, I feel that Ace and Tegan were kind of superfluous to the plot. Oh, yeah. It like was it lovely was, was... to see them, but like with <clears throat> like with um, Captain all... Jack, who weirdly isn't played by anyone. That's oh, so no, strange. That's, that's um, just Cap- sort of disappear. Captain Jack's a role that just kind of exists. It's strange. But the way that Captain Jack at the end of Revolution of the Daleks just disappears off camera with a bit of voiceover voicemail saying, oh, I'm off to go and see Gwen. Bye, everyone. You're like, really? The same happened in this. Kate Stewart, Ace, and Tegan all leave off camera. They're in the support room, though. Ace and Tegan. No. Oh, Oh, hang on. Are they? They might be. I don't know. They might be. No, hang on. Graham... Dan. Fucking Dan. Waste of Dan. 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 Waste of Dan. Waste of Dan. He just like nopes out halfway through. Um, <clears throat> and I think there was an edit. Like, So so his, his helmet gets split, right? Mm. I watched it on iPlayer two weeks after it came out. Because mm-hmm. I was in Florida. I couldn't guarantee being able to watch it while I was out there. I spoiled the ending for myself on my terms because I knew the clips were going to be doing the rounds. Yeah. So the moment the Doctor Who YouTube channel uploaded it like five hours later, I was like, I'm going to watch The Regeneration. Um... Great last words, really suitor, and apparently that's down to the editor. Okay. There were more words, and the editor went, nope, that's fine. That's the one. Mm. Tag, you're it. Perfect for a doctor. Um, and, like, I spoiled it on my own terms. Two weeks later, I watch it. I did not see a single shot in my iPlayer viewing of the helmet getting shattered. He just it, gets out of the tart. He's like, oh, no, there's too much for me now. It is quite quick. It's really, it was like, did I blink and miss it? Or... Yeah, probably you know, and, and I'm intrigued by that. I've got it on. Um, it, 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 I've got it on uh, Steelbook. I pre-ordered the because I've been trying obviously for the oh, Blu-ray yeah. collection, in, and it was cheaper to, to get the Steelbook of the 2022 specials than it was to buy the two individual releases. The two individual releases like 35 quid. The Steelbook was 30 quid, and I was like, well, I'll buy that then. And then I've got all three, and I can't say to myself that I wasted money on Legend of the Sea Devils more than I have to. Like, but, yeah, yeah, it. It's just weird. It's like, it's like the, the the past companions aren't needed, and I would rather have wished they'd save that idea. It'd be nice to see you, them again. Of you yeah. consulting with, let's have, with them. Let's, let's save it for a better episode. Yeah. But that being save said, it somewhere it's got room to breathe. If this doesn't happen, we don't get those lovely moments with McCoy and Davison. We don't get the show going. Do you know what? We know that this show is at the place now where if we whip out motherfucking one night only McGann and Mister Colin Baker. You lot are going to lose your shit. Mr. Mr. Colin, Colin Baker. Baker. Like, we know that you lot are going to lose your shit with excitement. So I appreciate that because it's like, yeah. And imagine how venerated like Colin and Sylvester must feel. Do you know what I mean? Like After all this time, after eras that have been ridiculed for like throughout the 90s, taking the piss out of and all this, that and the other. Some shite scripts, some awful stories, but those two always working their damnedest through that period. And now it's at the point where it's like, we're going to put you in the grand finale of a modern era like run 
and people are going to be like, oh my God, it's Colleen, oh my God, it's all that. Like, do you know what I mean? It's like, that is fucking wonderful. It really is. That is nice. And it kind of makes me wish that somehow, if Mel was going to show up for a cameo, have Mel or Perry somehow be in the story. No, Perry. So you can at least kind of have that triple thing, but, you know... Um, but honestly, I know. <laughs> in the comments, is... Negasonic and True, the Farish Doctor's uh, uh, fashion has gone. Even more of me! Yes! <laughs> it, it probably was in the script at some uh, point, but I. It, 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 oh, God. It is <laughs> choppily edited. So I imagine so, that extends yeah. to the script writing stage. So why did the Master pinch seismologists? <laughs> why did he deface certain paintings? He was trying why, to get her attention. Why though. did he... The Master's plan doesn't need to exist for him to do the thing he wanted to do. He wanted to sully the Doctor's good name. Yes. Do you know how you do that? You change your TARDIS to a police box, for those who know. You rock up. You claim to be the Doctor. You make things worse and you bugger off. Which I'm sure he's done before. But, like, what good Has was he done it? That before? It's like, so he's going to transform the Doctor's body into a new incarnation that will genetically be him. Meanwhile, he, Avatar, the way of water, styley, is in a, in a, just a booth, just limp, doing nothing. While he's out there looking like, now, if he looked like Jodie and it was Jodie getting to play Sasha Dewan, that yeah. would have been brilliant. But I guess they were also like, well, it's a last story. We kind of don't want a last story for her just doing evil things. But it's like, well, then you have Dewan play the Doctor waking up in the master's body and you do that long rumored body swap story that's like been a constant fan speculation thing for for years do that and then you get to watch two really good actors play each other's role but no 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 we're not who's, doing that who's the master cosplaying for whose benefit is it for his but why because by the end of the episode, that planet that like did the news thing or whatever still thinks the Doctor fucking destroyed their world. That doesn't get resolved. And don't even get me started on like the the the, the queer baiting for yeah for Thasmin. Oh. Like, oh my god, there's something here. Eva the Daleks. Oh my god, they've kind of snuffed it out already. Legend of the Sea Devils. Oh my god, there was no payoff for it. This was definitely just randomly added in power of the doctor and it's like that sucks because these two actors have expressed interest in yeah that's kind of a dynamic we'd like to play and then they didn't get to play it they get to play it just so 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 silly so wasteful um yeah can we talk about something good uh what in that episode or in general just generally okay uh don't think too hard yeah what good things have happened (laughs) Oh no! Nothing good has happened. I rode the new Guardians of the Galaxy ride. That's exclusive to Epcot. We can talk about the Guardians Holiday Special. Well, yeah. Well, yeah, well I'll, <laughs> I'll talk about the Guardians Holiday Special. Andy Lindor, while Chris eats his Lindor and doesn't talk about the ride at Epcot. That's what we're gonna do. Uh, Guardians Holiday Special was fun, wasn't it? Yeah, really good. Like a like a forty-five minute special presentation. We haven't talked about Werewolf by Night for that matter. <laughs> Mm, mm. That, oh, came, that like came out right. after we recorded our last episode. Yeah. Um, Let me tell you, I, I like me some, some uh, man thing. <laughs> I did. It was only ever called Ted, in it? Ted? Yeah, because, yeah, how are you going to call mean, him man I mean, thing? That is his name. That is yeah. his name. His name is Ted. Teddy boy. I think Werewolf um, by Night might be my... um. I think it might be my favourite phase four thing. 
And I say that okay. as someone who adored WandaVision mm-hmm. as, as an experiment, mm-hmm. who actually really enjoyed going back to origin stories with Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings, mm-hmm. who appreciates the blockbuster popcorn fizzleness of Spider-Man No Way Home, mm-hmm. uh, and who deeply, deeply loved She-Hulk in a way where I will fight for it. Oh, she um, was awesome. It was so good. You were so good, Jen. Just about there. You were great. Camera. You were great, Jen. Um, but I think Wealth by Night might be my favourite Phase 4 thing. It just... It hit different. It hit... Re- it was half an hour. I mean, that's no, well, it was, it was 40-odd yeah. minutes of pure just... Oh, you guys love what you're making right here. Like, did you watch Director by Night? No. Big recommendation. It's not under the Marvel Assembled banner. It's it's also under the Special Presentation banner. Oh. And it's a like hour-long documentary filmed by Michael Giacchino's brother, who he used to make Super 8 like monster movies with growing up. Cool. And he's directing a behind-the-scenes of them making the film. Of course. And it's wonderful. And it's intercut with the footage of the films they made when they were kids and interviews with like their parents like just sat at the breakfast that table. Good. It's wonderful. And you can see that this is just... This is a guy who's so creative... Whose avenue is music, but the reason he's into music is because he wants to tell stories. And it's like, wait, I get to, I get to do it like with visuals. You can tell that from his scores. Oh, here we go. Yeah, and it's, it's like that's that's what I'm saying. Is it's a perfect blend of he's seen yeah. all sides of it enough that he's like, just just let me have a go at directing once, and let's see if I can do it. Let me tell the story of Jack Russell. And he smashes it. He absolutely <laughs> smashes. What's the actor's name? Jack. Again? Russell. What's that actor's name again? I don't know. I can't um, remember his name, but he's, he's bloody... Um, I'll look him up. You talk. He's... he's, he's uh, oh, God. He's Hector in uh, Coco. And he's marvellous as, as as Jack. Jack Russell. Jack Who's never named outright Russell. as he's called Jack in the special. But yeah, um, Jack Russell, the werewolf by night. Is Jack Russell. Jack Russell. His name is Jack um, Russell. His game is... Mm, uh, uh, Lint Truffle. Uh, Gail Garcia Bernal. A.K.A. Sexy bitch. Yeah. He's a beautiful man. You yeah. are beautiful man. Beautiful man. Will you wear wigs? Um, I when adored will him. You wear wigs? Um, I love that little fade to color toward the end. I love the little glimpses of random monsters from early like Marvel horror books. Yes. Um, uh, I, I just thought, made me happy. Um, it made me so happy. Laura Donnelly was a very good Elsa Bloodstone. She was pretty good. Like <laughs> I, she's not. She's not Elsa, but not yet. As far as an interpretation of her goes, I like it. It's an origin story for Elsa. Yeah. Essentially. Yeah, and I think that was kind of spelled out with the whole, the first thing that faded into colour was her bright-ass orange jacket. You're yeah. like, oh, she's wearing the orange. Yeah. Okay, totally. okay. Um, I love that um, that Count Bloodstone or what have you, Lord Bloodstone was a reanimated corpse that looked like a janky animatronic because it was a janky animatronic yeah. shoved into his corpse. I love it. Great. Love it. Uh, the werewolf practical suit looked amazing. Oh, yeah. The werewolf effects were just... Director by Night reveals that Man-Thing is mostly practical. Yeah. What? And let me tell you what I did. You after... went back and watched the original 2004-2005 direct... Did you? Yes. Rodney! You went back and watched it? <laughs> yes. Because I hadn't seen it. Oh, my God. And let me tell you... I remember this coming out. Um, It's not a very good band thing. No, it's, it's not a very good film. It's, no. It's fucking terrible. Bad film. Bad man thing. <laughs> bad thing. Um, <laughs> bad thing. Bad touch. So, uh, yeah, just if you... <laughs> if you watch one man thing this year, make it the werewolf by night. I thought you were going to tell a joke about porn. But Guardians oh, yeah. of the Galaxy... 
holiday special. Was not expecting that rotoscoped animated section, but then thinking about, oh, it's a holiday special, of course. From someone course. who grew up with like Rankin Bass yeah. and all that stuff. And um, a few behind the scenes pictures have come out. They've not released a behind the scenes for that yet, as far as I'm aware. But uh, that was Rooker. That was Sean Gunn. Yep. I mean, you can tell it's Sean Gunn. And I believe it was... Uh, the Peter was an amalgamation in that it was made to look like the likeness of the slightly older kid actor who played Peter in some of the scenes, flashbacks in Guardians 2. Yeah. The scenes with him and Yondu. But is voiced by and was portrayed by one of the younger Peter actors who's now of that age. Oh, right. Okay. So it's like a little thing of he played him, but the likeness in the animation was made to look a little bit like the other actor. So if you were to like binge the Guardian stuff specifically, it's like, oh yeah, it's him. Yeah. It's like, okay. Uh, which is cute. Um, yeah, and they did it all in costume. They filmed yeah. it on a set and not like a full set, but you know, like a little set with the crates for them to sit on and the presents. They filmed it in costume. It's weird seeing Michael Rooker in full Yondu outfit with no makeup. Yeah, I'll Like bet. no prosthetics, just, it's just Michael Rooker in the outfit. And you're like, okay, sure. Um, oh, it's Saturday. I love how he's, he's played Yondu twice since the character was killed. Yeah, he loves it. It's really weird. Like, like he played him in that and he played him in a very tiny cameo in the Disney California Adventure Guardians ride, like the first one, the the, the Mission Breakout. Do you think we'll get some Guardians if, 3 flashbacks as If well? you go there at Halloween, maybe. Maybe. If you go there at Halloween for a week, they do a different overlay where it's called Monsters After Dark, it's Creatures and the Collectors like thing, Menagerie breaking out. Um. And you see random CCTV of everything going haywire and on one of the screens, if you're watching for the whole run of it, you see the the ghostly um, apparition of Yondu walk uh, through the halls. Uh-huh. And that was a, we're going to get you in the makeup <clears throat> just to film this shot for a theme park attraction that runs one week every year. Wait, but how much Guardians... you pay me? All right, I'll do it. I'll do it, I don't care. <laughs> well, <laughs> where are you going to pay him in? Meat. Um, <laughs> Michael Rooker saying meat in the film Slither is one of my favourite things in all of cinema. I mean, yeah, alright. I mean, Slither's one of my favourite things in all of cinema. It is nasty. Um, not as nasty James as... Gunn, mate, I was going to say, not as nasty as Slither, but I appreciate how much the Guardians of the Galaxy Holiday Special was like a anarchic and mean-spirited kind of affair. I mean, it was mean It was... Through the lens of two people who didn't realise that's two how they were coming just across. horrible people. Well, is that like but like also sweet people? Drax and Mantis not realizing that how they were handling things was like a horror film for the other characters in it. I mean, yeah. the entire home invasion of Kevin Bacon and and the interaction with the police is shot like a horror film, shot like yes. a monster flick, and it's so good. It's so so good. And like when Kevin Bacon kind of turns around and 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 comes to again on nowhere, which the Guardians own now. Okay. Yeah, all right. Sure. All right. Fair dues. I guess we'll find out more in Volume 3. Yeah. Uh, they they shoot Kevin Bacon's reaction like he's just woken up tied to the bed in misery. Like, it's it's it, it's shot like a horror. Uh, and it's... Oh, it is horrifying. The set's great. What little we get of the other characters is nice. The band at the beginning's so good. Yeah. Um, that that song I don't know what Christmas is, but Christmas time is here is going into my festive rotation. It's it's very good. The ending one, sure, great. It's obviously the bookend of like here's the good version of it. That is not going on my playlist. The version where they sing about like Santa being a monster and firing all that stuff. missiles at your toes. Yes, like that's absolutely very good. Which we all very good. We all hate getting fired 
missiles upon our feet, don't we? It's it's a it's a thing we have to put up with yeah. every Yuletide. Every Yuletide. Every Yuletide. Um, <laughs> I must admit that I very much appreciated the increased presence of Dave Batista from Pom Clementine and mm. the decreased presence of Chris Pratt. Uh-huh, uh-huh, Which uh-huh. I also want to mention. Yes. Segwaying into the next, <laughs> next This is how much we've got to catch up on. Um, so I went to see Wakanda Forever. Yes. Before Wakanda Forever, oh, there was a, a full trailer for the, the Super Mario movie. I'm so sorry. <laughs> and no, it, was, it wasn't the full trailer. It was a teaser trailer. But, yes, we got it. But yeah. they edited out yeah. Chris Pratt's line. Yeah. <laughs> You just get told being like, ah, or whatever. And yeah. then it's like, off he goes. They edited it out. It's just. Because it's so bad. He's been working so hard on this voice. They worked ages to find the mm. right voice for the character. It's, it's you. Chris, it's just Chris Pratt. It's you, you're putting like a tiny Brooklyn lean on it. If any, if anything, that's that's it. Charles Martinet's right there. I mean. He's right there. I mean, he's not right there. No. He's right there. Oh. <laughs> Let's oh. go. What's the name of the dragon in Skyrim that he plays? Parthenax? Yeah, I probably. <laughs> I'll do it. I don't know. I'm just, I'm just naming Skyrim the one that dragons. sounds like the polar opposite of Mario. <laughs> That's the only voices. I don't know. But like, um, in the defense of the movie and the story they're telling, nope. And in full support, of Charles, <laughs> and in full support, of Charles Martinet, who is talented and lovely and generous with his time and incredibly sweet and very optimistic and had that pureness in his heart to go into the audition to voice Mario like in the early 90s and go he just looks friendly and full of love like I'm just going to voice him like that and and be like in the audition room can I try it like that after they got him to do what they wanted and then change their minds entirely Hmm. with his performance Hmm. he's wonderful that voice would great for a whole movie Delivering serious, di- delivering serious dialogue like it is. Do what you normally do, and just don't have him talk that much. True. Keep him like on the cusp of silent protagonist. Mm. Fucking Mario. That's true. He's a man of few words. Jack Black, on the other hand, quite suited to Bowser. He's, he's, yeah. He's, he knows what he, he's <clears throat> bringing, understood the assignment. Bringing the bang feed days that it would be required. Um. He did understand the assignment. Uh, Charlie Day, from what we can hear, sounds good. Sure. Uh, Anya Taylor-Joy, from what we can hear, sounds good. Yeah. Uh, Keegan-Michael Key, doing something different. Mm. Which reminds me, I've still not watched Wendell and Wild. No. I think I'm going to need to do a stop-motion double bill this weekend. Do Wendell and Wild and Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio. Okay. It's interesting how Netflix is like funding a lot of stop-motion animated feature films. And it's like, please keep doing that. No subject to me, oh, I, oh, I need to go back and finish Cabinet of Curiosity. I've not started that yet. Oh. Um, everyone's favourite, Krampus. Guillermo del Toro. Um, Guardians of Holiday Special. Lovely. Yeah. Uh, the Guardians ride Epcot um, is called Guardians of the Galaxy Cosmic Rewind. And it's a rare, rare legal loophole treat because oh. Oh. Um, Disney owns Marvel entertainment do they know and I heard. of course because they make the movies and fund the movies and distribute the movies they want to put like marvel stuff in their theme parks well they can put marvel right. merchandise in their theme parks they can put uh, marvel meet and greets in the theme parks to a degree yes um they can't do any more than that on the east coast of america so disney hong kong disneyland paris disneyland california adventure yeah full of marvel stuff <laughs> absolutely full of you've seen that footage of the spider-man 
robot doing a swing above yeah. a building. Yeah. That's in California. That exists. Avengers Campus is now in Paris. You can queue up to go Avengers on a roller Krampus. coaster. Avengers Campus. Avengers Krampus. <laughs> Guillermo del Toro, everyone's favorite Avengers Krampus. <laughs> you can queue up and I'm like Captain America. <laughs> you can queue up for an Iron Man, Captain Marvel roller coaster. You can see the Hulkbuster army. You can go on a Spider Man ride, like all that cool stuff, right? Meet and greet characters in California. It's amazing. Like. There's a photographer that I follow on Instagram who like gets photos of the character performers at the Universal and Disney parks in Hollywood, like just you know portrait shots because they don't really get those done. They just yeah. play the characters, they go around, they meet kids, they have a great time, but they never really get portrait shots done. And obviously on quieter days, like middle of the week, he can be like, "Should we do some shots?" And then in character, sort of like, "Okay, you know, sure, whatever." So you've got like photos of uh, Wanda, like Multiverse of Madness, um, Wanda. Mm with the burnt up fingers and everything. Mm. You've got America Chavez wandering around. Yeah. You've got Kamala Khan wandering around. Yeah. Um, based on what time of day you're at, there is either Steve Rogers or Sam Wilson, Captain America bombing around. Yeah. Um, Werewolf by Night showed up at Halloween. Like there's this stuff going on on the, the side of the Avengers buildings. Uh, people like performers wandering around doing stuff. And at Halloween, freaking Werewolf by Night. Like Jack Russell was just bombing around up on the rooftop. Oh. Um, uh, zombie Captain America. Was was sort of like like stalking people from the bushes and stuff. It's like from what if that is so cool. Love that sort of stuff. Um, on the East Coast, Universal Studios, the theme park chain, own the rights to the Marvel characters mm. because of Marvel Superhero Island, Islands of Adventure, from a contract mm. set up in the nineties, and that contract runs for a while yet. So oh, unless Disney just go right, here's. His $500 million. Can we have them back? And you close that section I mean, of your park and you can use this money to build like <laughs> new rides and get a new property or whatever. That's never going to happen because Universal sell lots of toys and t-shirts like having a Marvel section. It's also never going to happen because Disney own all the other shit they could use. But here's the thing. Well, Weird. Simpsons ride at Universal, there is a ticking clock on that now because there, there was an end date for that that would get renewed by Universal but of course Disney now on it so they can go <laughs> Yoink. No, yeah. So you can have that. your Simpsons ride if we can have all our Marvel characters back. <laughs> Who was that? I don't know. Who was that masked man? I don't know. They keep changing leaders over there. <laughs> but. Um, is it Bob Iger or is it Bob the other guy? I don't know. When... JPEG. JPEG? Which Bob is it today? But when they made the contract, what they signed up for was Marvel's biggest brands. So back when they were doing that in the 90s, they were utilising stuff that had a presence, had a public presence, had sold books. So it was Spider-Man, Fantastic Four, X-Men, The Incredible Hulk, The Avengers, sort of peripherally, but they were there. You know, like that that was what they were covering. At no point in the 90s did they consider that a random space comic from the 70s would become massive. Guardians of the Galaxy is not in the small print. None of it is. None of its characters. Well, to be fair, the, t- the team as it is understood today wasn't really oh, popularizing no, yeah, comics until mid-2000s. like the mid-2000s. But it's the brands and the characters listed. They listed like, oh, Avengers. Well, all right. Well, you know, Modoc and, and, um, and, you know, you know, like Red Skull. Someone like, we'll wrote list... a contract for Modoc. Like, we'll list all these characters. No one sat there in the 90s and went... Ah, uh, what's that tree from that Hulk comic? Um, oh shit! What's that? Uh, what was that book they did with the blue guy with the with the red mohawk who had a bow and arrow and a loincloth? 
Loincloth, good lord. Loincloth. Um, you know who? Where, what was the book with uh, with you know the, the, what's, what's the bloody thing? It's Spart, not Spartax. What's he called? Just son of Spartax. Just some, no, not yeah. Hang on, Star Lord. Yeah, wait, hang on. Yes, just some, yeah. So none of the cosmic stuff that sort of related to that. That's all from the two thousands, isn't it? Like just son of Spartax all comes in around the time of like. I've no idea. Star Lord's. Well, then again, Star Lord was created in the seventies, eighties as well. 70s, yeah, yeah. Just but... wasn't the Guardians character and and looked ridiculous. Oh yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, Drax was just knocking around. Drax was being, knocking around and being a ridiculous. Yeah, and they they weren't doing anything with any of that stuff at all. Um, so that was never on Universal's mind. No. Meaning, the Epcot, um, one of the four Disney parks in Florida, are like. <laughs> Peter Quill visited Epcot in the 80s when it opened. That's our reason for this being here, and let's make it. Uh, it is a... The, the Marvel the Marvel Cinematic Theme Park Universe, as it's loosely called, <laughs> is not in canon with the movies, but uses the films as like a... You guys know who these people are. We'll use this to tell the stories. General knowledge. Yeah, which is why Iron Man hangs out in the Paris park and stuff. Because, like, he's there, isn't he? Um... I'm, that was my Iron Man hanging out. That was good. Hi, Iron Man. Hello, it's me. I don't know his voice at him. Oh, it's me. I'm like, I'm, 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 I'm Jeff Bridges, Iron Man. Man, Iron Man, baby. Tony Stark built this theme park in a cave. Back his scraps. <laughs> On an outdated life of dreaming from midnight. <laughs> Welcome to the happiest place on earth, man. Um, <laughs> the dude abides. Um, so basically, it's uh, oh Christ, what's the name of the planet that the the Nova Corps are based on in the first Guardians? Um, that one. That world. Someone is watching. What planet's that? What planet is it? The world mind. It's the what planet? It no. Yeah, because it gets wiped out off off screen before the events of Infinity War. Because you find out that Thanos has already destroyed it. The bastards. Oh my god! I'm looking at the chat. This being live, I'm looking at the chats. Who knows? Yeah, but they're on a delay as well. Who knows? Also, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Get to the point. It does because it's about that planet trying to start uh, relations sort of with Earth to show that they have similarities and like it's an outreach center. And the main structure of it is that they're going to zap you from that planet to theirs to sort of take you on an educational tour. Um, and and it's done with this like warp drive engine, which they go into the details of is the thing that powers those little pockets in Guardians 2. Where you see people jump from one part of the universe to another through those little hexagonal things. Yeah. And um, yeah, they that that's the crux. But after you get zapped there to like their their station satellite station above their world um a big old fucking evil looking celestial thing comes and takes the drive oh hey. because it's decided that uh sentient life xander thank you xander thank you so much um xander that um that uh essentially sentient life is a mistake so it's come to take all sentient life away by using this thing to warp back in time how's the power of it and destroy everything at the beginning of creation guardians happen to be there when that happens and they're like um shit okay right we need to like pin some movement this thing and rockets right your your vessel is gonna do this thing don't worry i'll control it we're gonna do our thing and we'll get to it in time and then it's a roller coaster in the dark 
like it's a practical roller coaster where the carts are two pe- two people each and spinning independently on their own um in a roller coaster in a completely pitch black environment with these huge projection screens so you're like flying past nebula and going past the shit not the character and going past nebula. the ship and everything and uh, there's just like nebula. white there's just like white fairy lights all over the tracks so as you're zipping around it's just pitch black with these white star-like lights flying past you um there is some magic trickery sleight of hand in the the rooms that set the ride up uh you teleport from the earth uh, zandarian embassy to zandar in a way where i went on it twice and was like no how the fuck did they do that without us seeing that happen how did you go into one room the thing does its thing and then it stops and you're in a different room than the one you stepped in mirrors and there is no noise there is no clatter there is nothing it's like how the hell is this so smooth um they've developed new ways for these newer rides where you queue for a bit and then you go through an experience to join the last bit of the queue that gets you onto the actual ride and it's kind of inventive because it breaks up the monotony of waiting Hmm. like imagine if um so the waiting is the ride as well. Yeah, you get something out of the queue. Like, rushing through the queue gives you nothing. Taking part in the queue gives you something. Oh, that explains what the thing was earlier this year. Then. Uh, <laughs> I don't think when people were queuing up to look at the body of a deceased monarch, that halfway down the queue, they were treated to like a... Well, why were you there then? A 3D glasses presentation. Why? What other possible reason would they have to be there? brainwashed subservience to a system they've been told is normal from birth well you'd speak from experience disney man true tell me more about your disney ride which one rise of the resistance for example which is the greatest thing i've ever done in my life like i don't care too too much for the star wars pre uh, sequel trilogy it's it's fine it's not for me Fine. Rise of the Skywalker isn't for anyone. Rise of Skywalker is like uh, the worst thing ever. (laughs) It's just bad. But the ride based on that sequel trilogy is one of the most fucking impressive things I have ever experienced in my life. Does it fly now? It flies now. Okay. And again, experience halfway through to get you from one section to another before the final queue into the ride itself. This thing did visual tricks that I, I can't explain. We're in an elevator in this like freighter that's been driven by a droid to get us out of the um first order ship that we've been held prisoner on and the light kylo ren's lightsaber comes through the ceiling of the elevator and tears a hole in it and i'm like how did you do that how that was a solid structure a minute ago it was completely well lit room and then well obviously not it's visual trickery but like i've been in a room where an attack as soon as we got to the top level, a life sc- a li- large one-to-one scale atta fired at us as we like zipped away in this little cart thing. I was like, this is insane. <laughs> yeah, f- five-year-old me was just like, I I can't believe this exists. 31-year-old me was like, no, seriously, how does this exist? How does this exist? It was great. Um, um Lou got a salacious crumb. <laughs> we, we got one that like sits on a magnet in, that you put under your shirt. And it sits on your shoulder and it's got a little wire and you can have the, the end of it in your pocket and make it move its head and move its lips. Does it laugh? It laughs. There's an electronic option. I bought an infinity gauntlet. Look at that thing. Oh, it's fucking ridiculous. That's beautiful. It's so dumb. Um, It's so dumb, but I was like, it must be mine. It was like that and the Star the Star Lord mask. I was like, 
I kind of want one. And at the end of the holiday, Lou went, I've specifically made sure that some money was put to one side and not touched. Go and buy both of those Go things. Go and buy them. <laughs> I was like, I will. I must have the Infinity Gauntlet. If you're watching this on YouTube, you can see the Star-Lord helmet. Yes, you can't see the Infinity Gauntlet. Though. No, but if you're listening to this, you can feel it. Fingering fun spot. Um, it's got very large metal fingers. Speaking of very large metal fingers, don't know where I'm going with this. Um, let's talk about Wakanda Forever. Yes. That was a film. Uh, that was a film. Uh, how on earth were they going to pull off a sequel to Black Panther without Black Panther? They told the story about grief. Yeah. <laughs> and it was like, yeah. okay. Yeah. When they said that they weren't going to recast T'Challa mm-hmm. and they were going to sort of use the film to honor Chadwick Boseman mm-hmm. and continue the world on. Mm-hmm. I've got to admit, I was slightly, not skeptical, but sort of hesitant. Because I was like, I think you're depriving the character a chance to tell so many more stories. Mm. Like, maybe give it a bit more time and then go for it. But, like, I, I get it. But no, having seen the film, I get why. Ryan Coogler and the cast and everybody had a story they wanted to tell that encapsulated how they felt losing Chadwick and what it means to carry on and how it means... how What it means for grief to be different for everybody. And it's like, no, I get it now. The moment I finished watching it, I was like, no, I get it. I get why this is the story you had to tell. It makes sense. Um, that being said, I think the first two acts were stronger than the third. Marvel in it. Yeah, but not for the same reasons that some of them are a bit... Yeah, because there was no sky beam. There was no world-ending no, thing. It was, it was just a clash between two groups who had different ideologies and didn't want to fight. But one was defending themselves... And the other was like, we have to do this now because you've not joined us. For me, the thing that helped, helped, sorry, didn't help the landing stick was Shuri's story of revenge. Minor spoilers for Black Panther Wakanda Forever because we know not everyone's seen it, so we won't go into great detail, but we will touch on some minor spoiler stuff. Shuri's quest for revenge um, was... A good angle to take and then a random moment of clarity that wasn't performed on the actor's face and just told through some random flashbacks suddenly fixed it within three seconds and i kind of felt weird about that like i didn't want shuri to do the wrong thing at the end but the fact that she's going to do the wrong thing and then suddenly the the audience are shown a montage of but look at these kids and look at these people who want to get by and that person smiled at you and then her just suddenly be like, oh, yeah. Do you know what I mean? It sort of felt too quick. It didn't feel earned, that moment. It was it was odd. It was the right message. Yeah, okay. But it felt odd. And the fact that it was from, you know, behind a mask and a bloodstained face and everything. It was just like, I don't, I, I don't think you're giving us that moment. That being said, what follows it is wonderful. And the fact that it is, we have to agree to disagree, but we have to find a better way collectively. I think was brilliant at the end. And yeah, I just, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I'm, I have to try and tackle with the cognitive dissonance I have with Shuri and Letitia Wright. I think that possibly played something in it. Yeah. Maybe I, I'm judging how she performed it because I'm like, no, nah, it was rubbish. But like, I don't know. And, and that's a shame because she's very good in this, in a lot of it. Like, there are moments where I'm like, oh, you're great. 
like, yeah, you're leading this really well. Bad people can be good actors. But yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, just look at most actors. Disgusting actor. <laughs> Disgusting, stinky actors. Ugh. But like, you know, it's also not a, a lead performance. It's an ensemble piece. It is absolutely... Angela Bassett steals the movie from everybody. Um, Danai Guerrero isn't in it as much as I'd like, but there's a reason for that. God damn. And bro. she's incredible. The moment Lapita shows up, I'm like, I'm just happy now. Oh, I'm just incredibly happy oh, that Lapita so Nyong'o is back in this. For several reasons. And then, you're born in a mall. Tenocueta. Oh my. Oh my. No one feels out of set of trucks like that. Tell you what, boy. So much so that to CGI is packaged. Yeah. That and Winston Duke in the same movie. Sorry. I mean, I already fancied Winston Duke. And I considered myself a straight man. But now... Welcome to the, spe- I'm not welcome so to sure. the sexuality spectrum, my friend. <laughs> Winston, Duke is a, Winston Duke is a powerful propaganda tool to turn you straight over to the right side. No, um... Like... Also, he was the scene stealer in this. He was. I just know if he was. I just know if he was in it enough. No, he wasn't in it enough because he's I not love in it. The constantly. conclusion for his character. Yes, because it that's feels great. it feels right in a. Of course, that's what he'd do. Of course, that is what he'd do. Because like, yes, he's a he's an ally now, but he's still a Baku. and he's probably be. <laughs> to be fair, let's be honest, probably a better leader than Shuri. Yeah, true. Shuri's not a leader. She's not. Um. So let's get rid of the divine right of kings and queens mm. and have someone, yeah, we'll dress it up in divine chosen, but someone who's actually a proven governor, give him the job. Nice use of Ironheart. I'm a little confused as to why they went the length of, oh, she's a random student at this random university and this, that, and the other one. It's like, the end of the last movie, you set up the Wakandan outreach yeah. Like you could have you could have done something with that. It could have been that she's like one of your finds. Like she's on the file because of that. Like, I don't know. No, but then they'd have to have the whole thing of the that's how they bring her in with the the um vibranium detector and that being the whole thing that kicks off the plot so they can't have her be already being involved. <clears throat> True. Yeah. Um, yeah, and that makes sense. <clears throat> um the opening sequences on the well, the opening sequence of the funeral march. Stunning. Oh, that was banging. The opening on the boat with Lake Bell making her live action Marvel yeah. debut, having played, um, what's it, uh, Natasha Romanov in What If? Um, mm. And having having just recently finished series three of Harley Quinn is a fucking great Poison Ivy. Mm. But, um, but yeah, like that whole sequence with essentially like, hang on. And the most people like, why we have the mythology of sirens? Yeah. That's, Terrifying. Like people what? just like, yeah, I'm just jump off the boat and kill myself, it's fine. Talokans. What? Talokans? Talokan. Talokan. Talokans. Talokan. As opposed to Atlantean. Yes, because his name was Kukulkan. Kukulkan. Which is again based in like, you know, actual mythology and everything. And the way Winston Duke says it does things to my body. And um I love I love I love the the apes tribe little yeah. Oh, the Jabari's like mannerisms still go to that, and it's like so good. 
And when he whipped out, you know, the math, I was like, yes! <laughs> Get psyched, yes! Um, overall, I liked it. And I think, I think out of the theatrical efforts this year, I think, I think it was the better of the three that came out this year in cinemas. Yeah, right. I still preferred Multiverse of Madness, but that's because I'm a massive Sam Raimi fan. Multiverse boy. of Madness was pretty damn great, and, it, and it's a nice, tight hour and a half zany horror film with comic book stuff in it. And I'm like, sure. Yeah, um, it, was, it was pleasantly weird. There was a third film, but I don't remember what it was because it must have been terrible, and my mind's tried to erase it. Um. Anyway, um. Negasonic666 says Ludwig Göransson went hard with the siren theme in Wakanda Forever. Yeah. Score was phenomenal. Soundtrack, I don't remember the soundtrack popping as much as the first one. But then again, I can't remember if they did an album release. Like, it's not It's not like... We, like, in 2018, we fed. Because we got the Into the Spider-Verse, like, soundtrack and the Black Panther soundtrack within a couple months of each other. And it was very much like a, oh my god, this is an event. Oh, no, there was polar ends of the year. But it was like, these soundtracks... This is like the Batman album. It's like, suddenly we've got these soundtracks that define these films. <laughs> and just like... <laughs> you, you hear those songs and you instantly think of the movie. Yeah. Um, You know. I don't know. I, yeah. 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 Score yeah. was amazing. I think the soundtrack didn't hit as, as hard, maybe. Uh, the Assault on Wakanda was stunning. Yeah. And terrifying. Yeah. Um, I loved it. It, just, it, was just very, it was very good. It was very good. It was good. Jones was really good. What? Chucky season two. I've not seen it. Chucky season two. And I'm just saying this because it's like end of the year. Y'all need to know. Y'all need to recognize. You do all need to recognize. Chucky season two. <clears throat> if you don't watch the first, get on it. In the UK, it's on Now TV. Pay for a subscription for one month. Not now. And binge these two shows. Not later. Yeah. Now. Now. But so not later. Actually, now. Yeah, not sponsored. Not not now. Not sponsored. Not later. Now. Not sponsored. But Chucky season one and two, probably my favorite bit of the bit of TV this year. Tell me for how. Tell me for why. Because Don Mancini is completely in control of the, his playground now, as the mm. man who created this character, like co-created this character, and came mm. up with the initial concept, and has written every Chucky film, and has directed mm. three of the movies. And a huge chunk of episodes for the two series. Hmm. Like, I watched an interview uh, Double Toasted did with Brad Dourif recently. And he talked about how he's retired. Hmm. Brad Dourif's retired. He's he's not looking for any acting work. He's happy to just do whatever he's doing. Like, he's not fussed. Just being Brad Dourif. But when Don goes, we're doing another season. He goes, where do you want me? And it's like, oh my god is this a horror icon who's like, oh no, I fucking love playing this character. I will absolutely, I will reject my own retirement for little pockets of time to voice what you need for this because I love doing it. It's like, it's, it's, it's a sci-fi USA network TV series. He's not being paid like a dump truck of money to play Chucky for this. He clearly is just like, no, fuck it, I love this. It's like a schlock Daniel Day-Lewis. Jennifer Tilly gets to shine in series two um like last series she's kind of a guest toward the end of it as the sure. movies crash into the plot of the tv show sure but this series is oh it's like it's like child's play three in terms of the the military school now we've got a catholic school 
where the the main trio are essentially being held as punishment. Sure. And it's a sequel in so many ways to the Seed of Chucky movie, <laughs> which is not everyone's favorite, but has fan favorite elements to it. And this is like, oh, oh, you want to know how Jen- how Je- how um. Tiffany Valentine's been getting away with being Jennifer Tilly this whole time. Oh, God, this series gets so weird. Oh, oh, oh. Not only do they keep it completely clear and understandable for newcomers, they then go, have you got it? Good. Now we're going to make it even more complicated. Uh, All right. It's going to explain, again, not going into too much, but it's going to explain how she's pulled it off for like nearly 20 years. It's going to explain where she cocked up in terms of covering her tracks. Okay. It's going to explain uh, what may have happened to the soul of Jennifer Tilly after the uh, the, the switch happened. Um, but most prominently, you will meet Jennifer Tilly's daughter, a daughter, so my apologies, uh, children, Glenn and Glenda, who are non-binary, hence why I cocked up and apologised. Glenn and Glenda, who think they are the children of Jennifer Tilly and nothing more. But they have these nightmares. The two of them have these nightmares collectively. Of certain things. Of their dad's voice calling them shitface. They don't know who their dad was. They just know he left when they were younger. Mm. And their wardrobe is subtly playing on certain mm. costumes in the original. But also... Um, I can't remember the name of the actor now. They're phenomenal. Did you see The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina? You watched a few, didn't you? I think I only watched the first one. They were one of the friends in the group. I'm trying to remember the name. They were so good. Mm-hmm. But they play both Glenn and Glenda. Ooh. And there is some, like, big dick swinging levels of split screen trickery mm-hmm. in the show to pull okay. it off. Uh, if someone's got the name of the actor, please let me know, because I want to give them a shout out proper. But, um, yeah, they, like, there's scenes where they are talking to another character. And the character in the middle physically interacts with both of them at some point in the same shot. And you're like, how have they pulled that off? How the hell? <laughs> Chat's disconnected while I'm like, could you get the name from me, please? Oh, like, oh, I need to be it. Like, how they pulled it off is insane. And this is just TV budget. This is just like little visual trickery to get what they need to get. Yeah. Um, You have obviously Chucky. Uh, uh, yeah. Obviously. You saw cult of chucky i've seen chucky. you know now that there isn't necessarily one body uh, no and that soul can be split into um identical body that's the catch it has to be identical bodies yes. that's why the possession of nika at the end of the seventh film is such a big deal because that was like here's like his pure the purest most concentrated version of his soul into a human and we know he'd practiced on the young girl alice between film six and seven yes but him being a Nika was like, that's Chucky Prime, as that character will be referred to throughout this series. That's Chucky Prime. We will meet three very distinct Chuckies throughout season two. Uh, Lachlan Watson. Lachlan Watson. Lachlan Watson does a fantastic job, as do our leads again as well, coming back to play uh, Jake and Devon and Lexi. Devon Evans. All gone through some shit since the first series in terms of how they deal with it, their new familial situations. And the horrid prejudices of um, homophobia still rooted in modern society, especially when people are teenagers and mm. bigoted people can go, no, you just, you're just going through a phase. 
there's a lot of that to tackle in this. Tried being not. Yeah. Oh god, the the Bobby Drake um, <clears throat> thing. Yeah. Uh, like that side of it's phenomenal the chuckies they encounter are some of the most distinct and weird choices they could ever have made the practical effects are fantastic the gore is brilliant devon sour is back playing a completely different character from the two he played last time (laughs) and it is only acknowledged super briefly in one line where someone says kind of looks like your dad and that's it (coughs) and you can tell it's just don mancini going i like working with him yeah i want him to be in the series he's gonna play a different character and him and Chucky's fake beef on social media is going to continue outside of the series to the point where the sci-fi channel during the run of Chucky one night showed Casper, the 1995 oh movie, God. which of course Devin Sauer plays Casper in, sure. live action and the voice of. So Chucky on Twitter live tweeted the, the movie just roasting him throughout the whole thing. Nice. Be like, look at this little pussy. <laughs> like, just the whole film. You're like, oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> this is ridiculous. WWE superstar Liv Morgan said on a podcast during like the first week of the show of this series that she'd like, Chucky's her favourite thing. She'd love to be killed by Chucky. That's like a dream come true. Like a dream role come true. To be killed by Chucky. So one of the episodes of this series is a whodunit murder mystery huh. that Chucky isn't in. Uh, it's something that's going on with other characters. So for him to be in the episode, he's at the top and the tail and a middle bit doing like a, a segment to the audience, like watching at home about like, you know, right. So essentially he's John Pertwee in Who Done It. Sure. And you know how like the la- uh, series sure. series one ends with a very brief sequence of him talking to camera about, I hope you enjoyed the season. Let's count all the deaths. So this is sort of done like that. And Liv Morgan is his guest on the couch during these segments to help him try and figure out the plot of the episode. Meaning, during the production of, like, the last last bits of post-production on the series, they went, have you seen this podcast? Oh, she seems sweet. Shall we? Fuck it, should we write her into, like, that's, mid-season? That's, that's neat. That's neat. And oh, it's, no. it's so good. And she, she gets her wish. Um, it is, and it's really uncomfortable. And it's the best. I'm going I'm to spoil a joke. It's the best joke of the fucking series. Is he going to work out a context, though? Well, they're talking... Yeah, they're talking briefly, him, him and Liv Morgan, in the episode, and he's talking about how, like, the network restrictions and stuff, like, we're only, like, we're only got, like, our ten fucks. We haven't, even u- we haven't even used any of our ten fucks for the week. She's like, they only give you ten F-bombs? He's like, yeah, I'm a nine now, but... You know, woe is me and all this. And then he's... When he kills her, he yells <clears throat> fuck a couple times. Then he turns to camera at the end. He wraps up the episode, and in the closing second of the show before the credits, he goes, "Fuck, fuck, 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 fuck!" <laughs> it just, it just cuts the credits. It's so, so good. It's so good. It's so good. I highly recommend Chucky, especially if you're into your horror, especially if you're into, uh, like, massively openly representat- representational television that goes, "Isn't this cool?" Right. Let's tell a cool story now. And it, it's, it's as a result. No one's, like, petitioning against it. No one's pissed off against it. Because, like, it's just a story of people in love and people who have different, like, pronouns. Also, and, like, no one's watching it. No bigoted people are. They've not found it yet. <laughs> Let's keep it successful but not too successful so that we can enjoy it without a bunch of gammons getting mad about it, please. <laughs> um, You're right there. Sorry, just squeezing one out. Um, I think... I think the last big topic is obviously when are we seeing avatar the way of water fuck me if you're watching this live right now i just can't. And if you're watching this on youtube afterwards whatever, space in i want life for it i want a comment below right i don't 
who care. who cares i don't care and that's not to shit on the hard work of people making this film but like but why who who cares enough about it james cameron cares james cameron deeply cares he's in post on like the fourth one i now. wish he'd stop but like i don't stop james i don't get it it's it's apparently doing well it, yeah, it, but it's, it's got to projected, do like two billion to break even, or something and it's projected like to potentially make it by the end of January if it keeps up the money it's getting so far in the first two weeks, I've right? Seen the way of war, but that's the thing. I've not spoken to anyone who's seen it. I think, th- right? Thank you. I I don't know anyone who's seen it. I think maybe Ian in our community on Discord might have seen it, or he's work shift. He's worked shifts at the cinema. He works. Well, yeah. At. To be fair, he's he's captive audience right there but i, I can't think of i can't think of anyone like again in the comments it's apparently making fuckloads but not one single person gives a fuck about it after they leave like all the, Which is, all the what reviews happened with the first one all the reviews i've seen for it have been like it's as visually stunning as you'd expect there's some stuff in here that i'm like i've never seen anything like this in a film um if you read you'll Mark you'll have a good time it, that was just perfect what did he say um, Did you just go. It's Avatar again. Thunderously underwhelming. Brilliant. I think was a was a choice quote from it. Brilliant. Brilliant. Um, like I just I don't I don't. I'm sure it'll be a great time at the cinema. Like I remember the first one was just visually on the big screen was really yeah, cool. Yeah, I didn't see it on the big screen, and I found it severely wanting. Yeah, and this is again probably the only film this year really being pushed for this. There are 3D screenings of this, which cost more. Remember 3D? Yeah. Not at our go-to cinema, though. Remember 3D? Not at our go-to. Well, why would they? Who cares? It's the biggest one in Manchester. Yeah, because... It's just so weird. Okay, who cares? Um, They don't have an IMAX screen anymore, do they? That brand, because the view got it. Yeah. And took over the print works. Also, that, that's, that one's closing, I think. The view? The Great Northern. Not when signs up or anything. God, I hope not. I think it is. It's the easiest one to get to. I think it is closing. <laughs> it's like a, like a half-hour bus ride on a good day. Um, I know they've been operating less screens. When we went there the other week to watch Black Panther, it was like, they're just running like six of the 14 screens. See, Keys is our go-to cinema now. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to have to tag team, I think. I think so. Have to plan movie nights. I think we will. Um, um, <laughs> but like, I can't think of anyone who's rushing to see it, and yet, apparently, it's making a fuck ton of money. And I think that's just because there's no competition. Yeah, like, what else is out right now? Like, there was going to be Aquaman 2. And then there was going to be Shazam. And DC's just doing all sorts of weird stuff. We'll get to that. And, um, yeah, it's just... There's nothing There's nothing else on. Like, Violent Night's not going to make blockbuster money. I need to see Violent we're going to try and sneak a viewing in next week. So see, see if we can synchronise watches. I would definitely not be able to see it next week, but yeah. Because of work? No, just because I have a baby. <laughs> what are grandparents for? Trying to organise things is... What, what are grandparents for? How long has it taken us to organise this? Have you worn wigs? Yes. Will you wear wigs? Ah! When do you wear wigs? Call me in in the chat says Matilda and Strange World definitely won't beat it. Well, Strange World's an odd one because it was a film that Disney didn't fucking market. Do you know what the first I heard of Strange World? Uh, Strange World was it's coming at Disney Plus. I saw a poster for yeah. it in Disney World, and I went, "Oh, what's that?" 
yeah. and then it was like, oh, it's out next week. I saw a couple of billboards what? for it and was like, oh, that okay, sure, whatever. And, and now it's on Disney+. Plus. Plus. Um, Still in the cinemas. Matilda. Select screens. Matilda I again. I have no desire to see, despite liking the musical, I have no desire to see the film of it. I'm in no rush to see it, I think, because I love the musical so yeah. much. And also, despite I know, the I know I'll enjoy cast. the film. I know I'll enjoy the film, but it's it's one of those where it's like, if the musical is still around, like, regularly, and in this case it is, it has a pretty much a permanent, seemingly permanent home in London, it's the Cambridge. It's less accessible, though, it's less than the film. It's less accessible, but, like, a tour is on the cards, like, so... Which is still be less accessible, because it's still true, be more no, expensive than a true. trip. But it's, it's not something like, say, Little Shop shows up once in a blue moon so having the film yeah no i get you i get you makes me happy and you know uh ghost stories even ghost stories shows up again once in a blue moon yeah so having a film adaptation that changes it enough to be like well, this is the with, film it, version it plays with the medium in yeah the same way that the, the... um like that works really well um and i'm sure i'd love matilda i'm a massive tim minchin fan i adore everything he does i love the show great show yeah. i'm a big matilda the stage show snob in the sense that i saw it at the rsc and it's like an initial month run and then saw it in like the first nine months of it at the cambridge so i've i saw the rsc cast twice because it was obviously them for like the first year nice. like no trunchbull will ever be bertie cavill for me because Bertie Cavill was my Trunchbull twice and was phenomenal. There you go. I will watch it. I think I think the Matilda film for me is more one of those. Oh, it's on Netflix now. Great. I'll spin it. Let's go. Yeah. And 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 that sucks because like I'd like to support it, but it was never gonna you know it was never gonna do Avatar money or Avatar numbers. Um. Yeah, I, I just I don't I don't know anyone. Who is like, oh yeah, go Avatar. Go Avatar. I was it I was again Animal Kingdom in October. I was in Pandora, the world of Avatar, a section of Animal Kingdom that is based on Avatar. Stunning! Like iconography in there. But why? The the main ride, um, Flight of Passage. <clears throat> Incredible simulator. Phenomenal. I went through the long queue this time, so I got to see stuff I'd never seen when I went the first time four years ago. And like saw weird experiments in the lab, and like an avatar in a tank, like your avatar being prepped. A fuck off giant, obviously quite static because it's sleeping, but like animatronic. It's huge. <laughs> it's a physical thing in the room, and I'm like, that's nuts. Even after that, I'm like, as oh, a sequel. Oh, okay, sure. Mr. Bolt. And also, like, what's Sam Worthington been doing for ten years? Waiting for this, I guess. Hiding been, in his been, hiding in his blue cap <clears throat> mocap suit. He's been in stuff. Yeah, none of it's been any good. Um, hey, so. Clash of Wrath of uh, Avatar. Oh, wait, that was thirteen years ago. <laughs> uh, Should we talk about something else? No one cares about. I'm interested to see where this segue is going to lead. So I saw Black Adam. Oh, it's I'm sorry. It's deeply fine. Like deeply, deeply oh, that's, fine. That's so savage, but like in a not that harsh like, way. It's just it's it's the most fine <laughs> a movie can be. Like you put you put you've got the the two Is it sort good? of it's fine. You've got the two sort of ends of quality. Yeah, and it's just slap bang in the middle. <laughs> Just being fine. Leaning its arm on the elbow yeah, of, just, of the bad side slightly. Just like... Just like... Meh. 
Sure. Taking a peanut from the crap side yeah. of the of the, the, yeah. the line. Yeah. Like, look at all this fineness. Occasionally flirting with the good side. It's yeah. like, you're right, you're right. I'm oh, not interested. Yeah. Like, oh, look at it's It's fine. <laughs> In the chat, the most movie ever. It's just like... <laughs> It's that's brilliant. Uh, it's nondescript. It's did, a nondescript film. Did The Rock, who is like undeniably a very charismatic screen presence, indeed, indeed, just play The Rock again? I mean, yeah, kind of. Like, is there anything no, to Teth Adam that is? He's a much more stoic, like contained Rock. Like, it's not another sort of, or not very much of the sort of comedy that he's mm. been doing in his more recent roles is in there. He's a much more straight role. Right. In that sense. The comedy that, that is in it comes from his interactions with other people. I heard that one of the recurring bits is that he doesn't seem to use doors. He doesn't seem... He just, he just glides through... He... He flies everywhere very slowly. He sort of very slowly glides around... Oh my god! Um, is that why he's got such tiny legs now, proportionate well, to his upper body? There's, there's one moment where there's I a, am Black Adam, there's a, and I have never heard of leg day. There's a kid character who wants him to be like a hero, and and there's one scene where he he goes out into the into the sort of apartment building stairwell, yeah, and then just slowly floats down the stairwell, slow enough for this kid to follow him round and keep talking to him while he's going down the stairs, like. Use the why? stairs. Fly just out of the window. Why? Oh, what God. are you doing? We just, just it's, it's it's like we can block it this way. Cool. Why is it blocked this way? Does he ever have the cape? He, uh, like a little half, like a hooded cloak rather than a cape. Is there any, like, oh no, this is, this is, like, someone who doesn't know the character at all would go, oh, wait, that's from the Shazam film. Is there anything like that in there? Yeah, Jumon Honsu pops up in it. Okay, so very, the, the, very, the very wizard Shazam play. does show up. Yeah, not just right. the wizard Shazam. Oh, so we see the whole, like, the whole pantheon. Yeah. Okay. Because, um, again, that scene is shown... Very that scene is shown brief. through, like, a little, like, sorcery hologram yeah. in Shazam. So I was like, I did wonder, are they going to show the opposite side yeah. of that? Yeah, yeah they do. And it's, like I say, it's very brief. Can I talk about a spoiler that I know is a spoiler because everyone complained that it was already spoiled? I mean, yeah, but what's the point? So the first trailer is like, my son died, so I took on the power yeah. to avenge him. But then the film presents it as, he always had the power, but then it's actually his son you've been watching who dies and then Black Adam takes on the power. So it's like, the no. first trailer spoiled it, right? Um... Like his son, his son was, sh- you know, was Shazam. Yeah, the whole, the whole. Thing... Oh, does he say Shazam? Yes. Right. Okay. So yes. there is. They're not shying away from that, despite no. the fact they clearly don't um, want to ever reference Shazam so for some reason. The thing that what happens is that the original <clears throat> hero of Kandak te- becomes Teth Adam. Um, is his son? His son. Right. But when he is... And, and that is like young <clears throat> kid, sort of teenager, yes. becoming yes. a powerful hero. But when his father is injured, yeah, he gives him 
his father his power right to save his life which then leaves him vulnerable to be killed by the king's assassins okay which mean which in turn means that teth adam black adam mm-hmm. is then like vengeful right so the black adam we see in modern day is the father of the original hero of kandak okay and like there's a big statue of him in the middle of kandak yeah um but it's eroded so you see like teth adam looking at this statue and it's like oh actually no that's not a statue of him mm. it's a statue of his son yeah right <laughs> okay so the legend <clears throat> is that the champion the champion killed the evil king mm. but then was sealed away okay like, to await but it was actually no the champion's father Yes, Dwayne the Rock Johnson killed the evil king. Killed the evil king after the evil king, and then, but then kept going through like spite and vent and, and rage and anger. Okay, and was sealed away to protect everyone else because he was just this angry man. <laughs> so evil Shazam kills so many people. Hmm. Kandak is <laughs> occupied by Intergang. Sorry, the the random terrorist group from Superman. Intergang is a PMC that is occupies Kandak. Like from Superman comics. Yeah, yeah. Do you think that was his way of going? See, he can beat Superman villains. He should beat Superman next. It's like, uh... well, we won't find out now, will we? Oh, yeah. A post-credit scene promising that simply because not. Let's face it, he was doing a lot of thing talking about, like, you know, we fought for this, you all wanted Henry Cavill back as Superman, we've got him back as Superman. And it's like, nah, you wanted Henry Cavill back as Superman because for some reason you really want to have Black Adam fight Superman. I mean, I'm not against it. It'd be cool, but if you want to see that, watch the Superman Shazam animated film from about 10 years back where it's about... Superman getting involved with the Shazam Black Adam fight and being like, uh, I should probably help out here. Shazam this guy Man. seems like a Shazam. Like, they've already done that film. And Shazam's also in it. Um, and it's like, surely Shazam should be endgame for Black Adam. Like, because it should be the whole thing of like, he goes off the rails a bit more and is like, that's the last source of the wizard's power. I'm going to kill him and I'm going to take it. Oh, no, oh, he has to give it up willingly? Right, then I'm going to destroy his life and all. You know, like, do that. But that'll never happen because, like, Will Smith playing Deadshot, they were never going to be a villain. Black Adam was never going to be an out-and-out villain because the actor's profile is that they never play a villain. He does like, kill so many people. He though. plays the Scorpion King, except not really because when the Scorpion King is a villain, it's not him playing the role. It's a CGI creature. He plays a villain in a Fast and Furious movie, but only because he then becomes a good guy in the next one. Yeah. What about the Justice Society? How's Atom Smasher? Is he just there? He's just there. Cyclone? Just there? They're cute. Uh, The Atom Smasher's cool, because it's not the original Atom Smasher. It's the nephew or grandnephew of the original Atom Smasher, Mm -hmm. who makes a brief cameo played by Henry Winkler. Um. Okay. Um, okay. He's like, don't mess up the suit. <laughs> Why did they decide to make the mask look like the movie Deadpool mask, but blue? 
Like I, I know, I know that the mask is. I know that the one of the costumes in the comics, the mask is just blue with like the little eyes. But like, it's it's the seams, the panda eye seams, and everything. It's like that's here's, here's that's the, a choice. Here's Justice Society. We're the Justice Society. Who? Uh, yeah, we're here to stop Black Adam. But this country's been illegally occupied. Why aren't you here to stop that? We're here to stop Black Adam. Oh. So who are the Justice Society working for then? Wait, no. Walla. Is it is it fucking Task Force X like thing? Is it a she's government? She's definitely involved. But she's a bad guy. People know she's a bad guy. Yeah, but Hawkeye's Peacemaker, not a bad guy. Peacemaker ended with her being completely publicly exposed. Task Force X is now known by the public. We've learned from real life that you can do heinous things, be exposed for it, and still keep your job, and in fact, get a better one. So the Justice Society are... Oh, God's sake. It's Hawkman. So it's not just like a series of superheroes who are like, we could do some good... Like, there was that other group, but like they're not always here, so we'll do something. No, their justice... idea of justice is doing whatever the right thing is, but they kind of decide what the right thing is, not what the actual right thing is. I also read somewhere that, like... So as Hawkman... Like, Hawkman's powers are, like, they, his history and the character's history ties into ancient Egypt. Not in this! Well, I was going to say in the comics does, right? Well, they kind of don't mention the whole it. Thing in, the whole thing in the film... Yeah. I don't know if they do in the film, but the whole thing in the comics is, like, Hawkman reincarnates. It's not... It doesn't come up here. At all. That I uh, what's the actor called? Aldous Hodge? Something like that. Is he good? Yeah, he's good. He seems really cool. He's like, good. Doing the press, he seemed like a really like, nice guy. The, the actors playing the Justice Society are all great. Um, Pierce Brosnan's Dr. Fate really... <clears throat> one of the highlights of the film, I think. Dr. Um, Fate's like back history, backstory in the comics, has ties to ancient Egypt. Yes. Black Adam has ties to ancient Egypt. Well, that's, that's the thing. Do um, they ever touch on this? They touch on the, on the idea that um, Dr. Fate is like way older than he looks but he's tired right like he's and again again that's a character in the comics <clears throat> where different people have worn the helmet over yeah over no the, they, yeah they the sort of mentioned and... that but like um this this dr fate has been wearing it for a while um and he's like he's it's a bit like bilbo baggins butter scraped over too much bread thing okay but you can also see the future, but not the future. Aldis Hodge, yeah, it's Hawkman. Aldis Hodge. It's great, but it's like, Hawkman is basically Professor X in this. Hawkman? It's yeah. Professor X? Yeah. Like, he leads the team, and he's got a big mansion, and he's got a big um, fancy jet that comes out from under the basketball court. Oh, oh, I mean, that's just so It's really specific, yeah. yeah. And, like, you get the, this full-on, like, pull-out glamour shot of, like, the, the basketball court rolling back. And the basketball falling into the hangar and the plane coming out. Have we got any other um, DC characters showing up in, in here? Because the the lady with the kid is... I remember reading somewhere that she is like a she is oh, a superhero God. character. But it's not in they this. They don't do but... it in this. They do it They do it in this the same way that like some of the other older Marvel adaptations, the DC adaptations go, uh, just, make, just give them that name. And then people go, oh, it's that character, I guess. And move yeah, on with their lives. Yeah, it's not that... You, it's nothing that you would be familiar with. You know what I mean? Like, so, pointless. Harcourt pops up from Peacemaker, briefly. Working for Waller? Yeah. So is this set pre the Suicide Squad? No, it's after Peacemaker. It'd have to be. Why the fuck is Harcourt working for... She's still working for Waller during Peacemaker. Yeah, but by the end of it... 
I think she still is. Like, Waller's outed. Like, that's the whole thing. Adebayo completely dismantles it. Like, that department is gone. Why would Harcourt ally with with Waller? I don't think... I think she just worked... I don't know. I I don't know. All right? In fact, Harcourt is Jennifer Holland. Yeah. Knee Holland. Now gone. Now gone. That's... Okay, that's... We'll get into that. Um... Uh, but this I mean, I'm glad. That. I'm glad to hear she's in it. This predates. That. I know, I know, but oh, I'm glad to hear she's in it. But also, but a bit of internet well, interconnectivity. She's, she's, running, but... she's she's like the warden of a super, super um, uh, villain. What hero. Harcourt? Yeah, prison, like under the sea, like deep in the ocean. Did the Black Adam team have, like, any meetings with anyone else during development? Well, think? I think this is what's led us to this point, isn't it? I think this is what... This is where we are right now. Darius Plays asks, Isn't Dwayne Johnson one of those actors that has it in his contracts that he can't lose a fight? Allegedly. I mean... Allegedly, yes. yes. Allegedly, he has it in his contract that he's not allowed to lose a fight, nor is any fight that he does lose narratively allowed to be one where he's outright lost. It has to be one where he stops fighting or something interrupts the fight. And he he loses in some way, but not the physical fight. And it's like, God, I hope that's not true. Because if so, that's really sad. Mostly just as an actor. I couldn't imagine like going, oh no, this has to happen every time I'm in anything. Think, like, what what's the point? What stories are you ever going to tell? Like, there's never going to be, you know, there's a reason Batista is like, Dave Batista's turned around and gone like, Guardians 3 is my last, like, action, action flick I'm going to do. I want to I want to do stuff that's just sort of a little meatier or, or mm. more subtle going forward. And it's like, that's amazing. He's gone, oh, I always get parts like this. I'd rather, you know, last few years of me doing this, I'd rather do something else. Yeah. Change it up. Yeah. Um, that's mad. Um, the Rock wanted to be the DCEU and see where it got and see where it got us. Well, the hierarchy of power that in the DC universe has shifted considerably. <laughs> so when super spoilers for Black Adam, when Superman meets him in the mid-credit scene, yeah, why does he meet him? All right. Spoilers for Black Adam, but if you gave half a shit about it, which no one did, you'd already be spoiled. So oh yeah, what, what's what's our Sky Beam? So the actual... before we hit that, what's our Sky Beam? What's our villain? Oh, because um, it... I'm assuming it follows the Wonder Woman, Batman v Superman formula of oh no, here's the real villain, I guess. Oh, the real villain is the evil king who had a crown made of whatever it's called, unobtainium or some shit like that. <laughs> it's it's called something daft like that, Eternium, Eternium. Etern- is that the big red devil thing that was in some of the toys? Sabak. So it's like um, okay. So so discount Trigon. Yeah, he's like <laughs> he's like the 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 king that the Black Adam killed the first time round, but he's still around and he gets the crown and then he probably like ascends the demonhood and then that's that's the that's the plot. Um, so there is a big CGI monster for them to punch at the end. Yeah, totally. Um, and so yeah, after all that and and. Black Adam's like, right, in the gang, get out of Kandak. I'm, 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 I'm champion of Kandak now. And then, the city that I've leveled, I'm now gonna sit on a throne and tell is, people what to do. Yeah, he's sitting there at night. And he's like, whoa. 
Yeah, then, man spreading on yeah, his giant rock, rock giant throne. throne. Yeah, and then in Waller, an outfit he hasn't changed in two thousand plus years. Waller sends video dro- video drone. Okay. To be like, yo, Black Adam, you better behave yourself, or else I- I- I'm gonna have to come and sort you out. And he's like, no one on this planet can sort me out. And she's like, well, I'll have to call in someone from another planet then. And he's like, yeah, all right, whatever. And he destroys the drone. And then Superman steps through the smoke of the drone. He's like, what was the point in the drone? Then? Black Adam, we have to talk. And the credits roll. Yeah, that's great. Uh, well, the the rest of the credits roll. So Superman is Waller's lapdog. Waller, who in her first film in this canonical universe was like, what if Superman came down to the White House and like killed the president? We should create a team of supervillains that could, let's face it, never stand a chance against Superman. But like, this is the point of my entire thing. Christopher, not only do I not know, <laughs> oh, God. but, and I can't stress this enough, I don't care. <laughs> I really don't care. Because the film is just so middling. Like, dead on in the centre of, <laughs> of quality. that I just don't care. So beautifully put. It's like one of the things you, I could put it on and I'll watch it now, quite happily, and then immediately, immediately afterwards, you can ask me anything about that film and I'll go, what film? Sorry, I was thinking about the sandwich I was going to make after the film Yeah, finished. too, right? It's just like... <laughs> oh, God. I'm surprised I remember as much about it as I do. So what you're saying is, the only way is up the for the DCEU. Oh, wait, sorry, no, hang on, I'm getting in my... The DCEU is wrapping up. So the last thing we're going to talk about a bit is sort of a sequel to our podcast from back in the summer where we said, like, so our task that we we set one another was, how would you fix the DCEU? What would you tweak? What would you poke and prod to set it onto a more palatable course? Well, Peter Safran and James Gunn are apparently doing that now. Yeah, okay. So since we last podded, Mm -hmm. they've officially been handed the jobs of head of DC Studios, mm-hmm. a job that has never existed before. It has existed sort of incrementally through the work that people like Jeff Johns did, uh, Joss Whedon, Zack Snyder in particular, um, most notably. Um, and now it's, it's James Gunn and Peter Safran. And in the last week alone, there have been seismic shifts in what you'd expect to be coming out from those studios. So... Films that were finished, that were meant to be or are still meant to be coming out. Batgirl, lost during the HBO Max, David Zaslav, let's fuck everything up and sell things off to say the bit of tax, like, shift. Batgirl is never going to be seen. Because if it's ever seen in any way, the tax rebate gets written off and they have to give back the 20 million that they... Which is a drop in the bucket for them. But... They have to give it back, and it's a principal thing. I hate that. He's never going to do that it. Situation Me so too. Much. Blue Beetle is happening. How it fits into continuity might depend on how the how how singular it already was. I'm kind of hoping that it was more its own thing, and the skeletons are part of it. <laughs> um, I'm kind of hoping that it's so on its own that it could fit into whatever the new plan is. No problem. Could do. Um, Aquaman, The Lost Kingdom, which is now coming out next winter. Next week. (laughs) 
Who I, knows? I can't afford to release another movie. Who knows? <laughs> it was Don't Worry Darling and Black Adam. Oh, wow. Well done, Warners. Um, what a double bill. Oh, God. It's like nearly everything they've released is mired in controversy recently. It's insane. What's going on at Warner? It's like they know how to pick them, don't they? But like, <laughs> Lost Kingdom is now very likely to be Jason Momoa's last movie in the role of Arthur Curry. Apparently, cameo, allegedly, cameo he shot for The Flash has been cut. Cameos Michael Keaton shot for uh, Aquaman The Lost Kingdom as Bruce Wayne have been cut. New scenes have been shot with Ben Affleck for Aquaman The Lost Kingdom as Bruce Wayne. Because keep in mind, The Flash was meant to come out before Aquaman, so whatever universe... Whatever universe nudging and rewriting they were doing would have made sense. Uh, what are they doing? What's going on? Um, and also, of course, tied into that, you've got Amber Heard, very controversial public figure, co-lead of the film. Just get in the sea. Just not that, not that sea. Not the sea no. that's in the film. <laughs> Dolph Lundgren's <laughs> wavy CGI hair. Um, <laughs> And then, Jesus Christ! And then the other one that was completed slash nearly completed was the Flash, which has been put back numerous times. Uh, who knows what's going on in the Flash? What's going on with the Flash, Chris? Who knows? <laughs> like Ezra Miller is what's going on. Ezra Miller has their court date in January for various misdemeanors doing? and shit. What's um, happening? So that's going on, which could affect the release of the movie based on how they conduct themselves in the court and around the time. Uh, the Flash, of course, was a story based loosely on Flashpoint. A, bo- I mean, if they, a, a comic bundle that came out this bin, week. If they bin Batgirl for yeah. a tax rebate yeah. and then release The Flash despite Ezra Miller's multiple assault allegations. What world are we... What? What is this? Where's the Justice Society of America? <laughs> We're here to... He's occupied yeah. by intergang. We're here to stop... Black the... girl's been cancelled. We're here to stop... What the... is this world we're living in? We're here to stop the Flash. But look, Hawaii's been occupied by Ezra Miller. <laughs> we're here to stop the Flash. Um... <laughs> like... <laughs> the explanation I can think of at this point. I don't know what's um, happening. Have I knocked a no, finger No, sorry, off? I thought Hella was about to take a dive. Oh. Um, she was like, I'm out of this place. I'm, I'm out of this I'm enough of this. Um, like, so you've got all that, where the plot was going to be Flashpoint, Flash, different universes, two versions of Barry Allen, a version of Supergirl, um, a version of Batman set in the universe of the Keaton version of the character, which would have then tied into his future appearances in what was going to be Aquaman 2 and Batgirl, which were going to be released after the Flash initially. Yeah, Affleck was also going to be in it. This was meant to be Affleck's final canonical appearance in the role of Batman Batman in the DCEU. Um, so you got that. <laughs> now, the Flash is still happening. The publicity machine is starting to tentatively gear itself it's up for that one. Flash at this point. <laughs> Does it really exist? Does the film really exist? inside the box it's... to open it would be to ruin it but to keep it closed leaves us speculating about whether or not the film exists despite Is it real? Ezra Miller physically harassing a couple in a hotel um, so you've got that 
then the films that were in the works guaranteed that were still happening so like things like new gods have been put to one side and whatnot things that were still happening for television peacemaker series two mm-hmm. um for film a third wonder woman movie and a a superman project starring henry cavill that got announced after black adam was released <laughs> And they were like, the man with the cape is back, baby. And we're working and the, on brand new projects and he can't wait. And the man with the cape, oh, he's gone. He's, he's gone. gone. We, tugged on Superman, <laughs> we tugged on Superman's cape and it came off in our hands and we looked up and he wasn't there anymore. Fucking <laughs> um, hell. And then, so you've got that. And then in the Elseworlds, like, spin-off media, stuff that isn't in the continuity but is DC stuff. You had Joker Folia Deux, which is filming now. Yeah, whatever. And um, in pre in never ending pre production, <laughs> a Penguin series for HBO Max with Colin Farrell. Yeah. A GCPD slash Arkham Asylum slash I don't know whatever we're gonna say it is this week in press statements series for HBO Max, and The Batman Two. As of last week. And ongoing. Do you think the Batman 2 should be called the second Batman? <laughs> More Batman. <laughs> like the Batman. Well, like, the, the second Batman. Well, the original anthology would be Batman, Batman Returns, Batman Forever. This should be the Batman, the Batman's back, the Batman's back bitches. <laughs> the Batman's back bitches. The Bat bitches back. Surprise bitch, it's the Batman. The ba- Beware! The Batman. Is back. Be yeah. be Beware the Batman is back Beware. in this film. The Batman we mean. The full, t- full title gets smaller and smaller like an optician's chart. The bat <laughs> just goes man. further and further down the post. <laughs> In the middle, just a bat symbol. Like, oh, there it is. Um, we, uh, we, yeah, so we, as of the last few weeks, we're still getting Blue Beetle. We've been reassured that Blue Beetle is happening, no matter what. It's yeah, well, until they get another fucking tax break. Oh, don't, don't, don't. Um, <laughs> call me in the chat says, something in the bat way. Um, <laughs> Batman 2, Bat Electric, Bat, Bat Galoo. Um, <laughs> the Batman 2, the quickening. Um, <laughs> the Batman 2, A Tale of Two Kitties. Um, so. <laughs> the Batman Forever After. The Batman Down Under. Um, the Batman Lost in New York. Three ten to Batman. Um, So, Blue Beetle's still happening. Aquaman is still getting released. The Flash is is still the Flash is still getting released. Wonder Woman three in the incarnation it was in behind the scenes is done. Yeah. Uh, Patty Jenkins. It was reported that she stepped away from the project. It was also reported that she was fired from the project. Patty Jenkins had to come out and go, neither. It's just not the same project, so I'm not on it right now. I'm focusing my attention on like Rogue Squadron and that stuff is what I'm going to look at for a bit. Also, Originally, I was meant to do that, and then this was going to be the priority, and now this can't be the priority, so I'm stepping away for now. And James Gunn had to come out and go like, yeah, no, like we love Patty and we're going to work together on something, but it's just not what Wonder Woman 3 was going to be. Also, Wonder Woman 84 was bad, so we've got to give it some time and let the stinks just settle. 
Yeah, and this was a few days after Gal Gadot randomly went, oh, it's been five years since the first Wonder Woman came out. I love this character. I cannot wait to play her again soon. We have special things planned. And it's like, oh my God, it's like with the Cavill announcement and then two weeks later. Um, they announced that they're going a different route with Superman because he's a key building block in the new version of the continuity. They're telling a story with a younger Superman. I mean, as he should be, he should be a key building block. Yeah. It's Superman. Well, like they're telling, you know, they're telling a, a story with a younger Superman. So Cavill's obviously not going to play a younger Superman. So whether it be the same continuity version or not, he's out. And then he's gone. Yeah, we've had a chat, and that's cool. But the character lives on, and I can't wait to see what they do next. And we've got plans. And there's all these vague hints of Elseworld and multiverse in these these statements being given by these actors. Why bother? I mean, DC does love to do its elseworld shit you could very easily do a random film set in the snyder dceu continuity at some point with a bunch of characters from different stuff in it and just be like oh yeah there's another film in that continuity for y'all as long as you don't do it all the time then it's like a but they do do it all the time (laughs) they're constantly doing it um like all the time Affleck again, as we said, allegedly filmed cameos to replace other scenes with keaton and other people in some of these upcoming movies it was reported that the Batman universe, the one from Matt Reeves and co, is going to be joined into the DCU going forward. And James Gunn and Matt Reeves both came out and went, uh, no, that's not true. Like, the Batman is remaining its own independent thing. Does that mean we won't be doing something with a Batman? No, it doesn't. And it's like, cool. So we can have the serious, gritty gri- gritty crime Gotham Streets focused version over there. Give us some at camp and fun who would like work well with the Justice League over here, please. That would make us happy. We get best of both worlds. Bat of both worlds, if you will. Um, New Gods is still, like, just not a thing. James Gunn has teased Lobo, of which there is allegedly... Why? The casting already being decided and the casting of Lobo. Great character, a lot of fun. You could do a one-off, oh, like a one-off, like, is kind it? of... Yeah! Is it, Oh, though? the main man is a lot of fun. But he's a lot of fun when you put him up against a superhero who knows what they're doing, is on top of the game, and then suddenly this, like, arsehole from space shows up with giant hair and a cigar and is like, right! Ah, I'm gonna get my bounty. And you're like, what the fuck is this? Like, he's a lot more fun when he's played off of someone. I'd love Lobo to be a baddie or, like, a secondary antagonist in someone else's yeah, movie. Yeah, I'm no interest in a Lobo. Make, make him an Umbaku. Make him yeah. a scene-stealing secondary he's not, antagonist. He's, he's not a lead character. No. Um, I mean, you could tell, like, a one-off with him in space, like, where you use him as the, the POV character for the audience to go through I mean, yeah, a could. bunch of weird locations. You could release Batgirl, you know. That too. God, just a thought. God, just wish. a thought. Just a thought. If anyone who worked on Batgirl as a uh, like a copy on WeTransfer, we'll give you our email address. Um, we'd love to watch it. Uh, it's never going to happen. Um, but yeah, so eventually. so there's that. Mr. Terrific has been teased. Um, someone this week said, right, well, hang on. So, like, Peacemaker, what's happening to that? And they've gone, don't worry, we've got plans for that. Which probably means we're going to do season two and then call it a day. And it's like, if that's the case, sure. Fine. Cool. Loved series one. Would very much like to see series two happen. Even if we don't see series two, like season one's like a self-contained story yeah, that works really well. Fine. Yeah. Fine. Um. Oh, so like your Suicide Squad's gonna survive, is it? And he's gone. I never said that. Which of course has now got people going. I mean, if you're doing a full reboot, 
yeah, fair. Like, it sucks that we'll lose stuff that is good and works. Like, it's sad that people who love the stuff that, like, Snyder led and everything, is it's going to see the end of it for them. Like, it sucks. But a clean slate is the best decision. So it does mean yeah. saying goodbye to, like, Margot Robbie and, and um, you know, Cavill and, and people that were, like, fan favourite castings. Like, Godot, like, you're going to have to say bye to them. And that's that's fine if it means a full reset with new actors and different interpretations. Get out, on Godot. <laughs> Godot! Um, the Michael B. Jordan slash J.J. Abrams produced... Uh, Kryptonian story with Superman's grandfather slash a different version of Superman What? that was going to be released for HBO Max is still on the cards. So that could be one of the Elseworlds projects they're talking it's about. It's still on the cards, uh, but they're looking at the cards and going, what the fuck does this mean? Um, what is this? What does it mean? That boy needs therapy. Probably psychosomatic. Um, I say just give us like a one-off half-hour special where Margot Robbie gets to play opposite actors of her choice playing Catwoman and Poison Ivy so she can do the Gotham City Sirens movie that she wanted to do as like a half-hour short film and we can all go goodbye to that version of Harley Quinn. It was great. It was lovely. You got to do the thing you liked for a half-hour like little bonus film. Goodbye, sweet prince. See you in the stars. Um, but there's another spanner in the works now. Oh, God. Because, of course, the one film we've not mentioned is Shazam! Fury of the Gods. Again, one of the few ones I was really looking forward to. It was meant to be out this Christmas, and then last minute got pushed to next spring. It's happening. It's coming out. It's done, isn't it? <clears throat> it's completely done. It's ready to go. It is coming out. And Zachary Levi has been asked, are you sticking around then? Like, will Shazam be sticking around? Like, what's going on with this? And it's like, for starters, ask Angel Asher as well. They're both playing the character. But also... Um, Zachary Levi eventually had to kind of bend to the pressure of people asking him and said on Twitter to someone, don't believe everything you read on the internet. I'm Gucci. I'm Gucci. Yeah. So it's like, so Zachary Levi's like, don't worry about it. It's fine. <laughs> Which has fueled the speculation of, are some of the actors going to stick around to play whatever the next iteration of the character is? But also it could just mean, yeah, don't worry about it. I'll be fine either but way. Then he did an Instagram live. Oh no! Where he responded to it saying, I don't know what the future holds right now. I know what the future could hold. I've been in discussions. I've been told like three or four different things that might happen. Either way, I'm thankful for what we've done. I think what we've done is amazing. And I can't wait to maybe do more. Yeah. You're just going to have to wait. Like, you're all getting worked up over headlines with no actual source or rumors that start in fan communities that just get out of hand without any actual fact checking like take a breather enjoy what's come before enjoy what's still to come over the next year mm. and we'll wait and see and it's like that also implies that you might be sticking around but also might not Huh? Which has been further confused this week by The Rock finally giving up. After talking up the numbers of Black Adam a lot and saying, no, it was a financial success, despite projections, because not had the whole media circuit yet. 
we've not had the holiday circuit where people go to the cinema because they've got a bit more free time. They go and watch stuff from the last... Well, multiplexes in America. I'm sure there'd be like a couple screenings a day at some of them. But it's like... And we've not had the iTunes. He talks about iTunes. like, We've not had the iTunes sales yet. And it's like, okay, sure. Right. And he said like, we made made, uh, more than the first Captain America did. And look what that series did with each subsequent film. It's like, yeah, the first Captain America didn't cost as much as yours to make and also was a gamble with an end game the n- pun intended the next film the avengers was the this is going to make money whether people like it or not and they were already rolling ahead with it like yeah like the ball was rolling at this avengers was definitely happening and they were drawing up the iron man 3 plans because if avengers didn't work they were still going to do iron man 3 yeah and then probably if, call it a day even if yeah. captain america hadn't been a success they would have still done the avengers they just wouldn't have done any more captain america movies yeah um and that's you know that because uh, he had a plan yeah well well kevin feige's talked a lot about how marvel studios have loose plans yeah that they lose goals that they work toward. Yeah. And they course correct if they feel like, mm, we should change that. We should focus more on this. That didn't quite work, but we like the core idea. <laughs> so let's take that and put it into this. Mm. Or that cast member was great, so we need to carry the story on, even if that film didn't hit what we wanted, la la la. Yeah. And then they only announce shit when it's at like 80% likelihood that it's going ahead, which is usually the, yeah, this train's not stopping now. Like, portion it's only ever not gone ahead where some dates have been changed or things have changed shape so like uh blade is going through some pre-production changes now because the director has left and they're trying something else out um you know uh the inhumans was going to be a film the deal with sony was worked out homecoming became a priority the inhumans became a mini series instead changing what would have been the inhumans project at the time and also to something else take out the back put a fucking bullet in it don't shoot Lockjaw. Lockjaw's best butt. Um, Humans are shite. <clears throat> those characters deserve better. They deserve better than being carted out as like mutant replacements in like Perlmutter's like weird chess game That's in the first place. That's why in, in Humans were yeah. shite. But... They, they're, so, they're so good when they're not the focus of a story. They're amazing when they're a thing that certain characters interact with. And it's like, it's a fucking kingdom on the moon? Like, there what is, is all this? There is a reason in Humans has never really worked as a long-term ongoing. Oh yeah, uh, Armor, Armor Wars was going to be a show, but it's now going to be a film. Pointed out in chat, that's the thing that's happening. Yeah, things can shape and change, but DC's stuff has been very odd. It's like in 2015 they went, "Here are all the films, baby," and like two of them have happened. Um, here are all the things coming to HBO Max. Oh uh, no, sorry everybody, the boss has pulled the plug on one of them, even though it's finished. Also, there is no HBO Max anymore. <laughs> Yeah, that's closing. It's going to become Max. Warner Discovery's Max. Uh, my name is Max. Ding. Uh, for those at home, my penis just shone. Um, <laughs> I wondered what that light was. Yeah, yeah people listening, they've got to know what's happening. Um, <clears throat> oh, and my balls are about to fail. Um, you might have to keep my sports vest on, do you? Um, nearly at the station. Um, yeah. We should move this towards an ending. Yeah. Uh, the rock was the final <laughs> immovable object, really, who finally moved. Black Adam was not making the money that it's projected to make. He had been sort of teeing up that, no, 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 wait it out publicly. 
there is word that he was giving inflated numbers to Warners because obviously the film was a co-production of Seven Books Productions, his production company. So it's like, okay. And public perception of him has shifted quite a bit Mm. because it felt very try-hard, this whole publicity cycle. (laughs) It felt very, no, you will love... Like, the hierarchy of the DC universe is about to change is now a meme. It's a fucking meme. And that was before the past couple weeks of news. The hierarchy of the DC universe was in fact about to change it's bad um just like how quickly the kind of the public perception fall from grace has happened because now it's coming across as petty and whiny feels like this whole situation should be narrated by ron howard most things should be um but then it yeah it, it concluded with the rock putting a statement out going yeah i've had a meeting with james gonna peter saffron and we've decided that we're not going forward what we were planning and that's fine, but we're going to work together in the future on a project spanning the multiverse. So it's like, right, so he's gone. I get to play Black Adam again at some point, please. Like, Tobey Maguire did a Spider-Man again. Can I do that? And they've probably gone, yeah, we'll figure out how to do it at some point yeah. in a way, maybe. Well, we'll make yeah. sure that you get a, a, a massively grossing trilogy of movies that people remember really fondly so that we can bring you back. Oh, wait. Meanwhile, he's going to get distracted by uh, Red One, which is what he's been shooting for the last two months. What the fuck is Red One? It's his... I shit you not. He describes it as this in every Instagram caption about it. New Christmas franchise, Red One. New... It's currently a film. New Christmas franchise. J.K. Simmons is buff Santa Claus. Dwayne Johnson is like his sort of right-hand man. New... Um, Chris Evans is the lead. Um... It... It's probably going to be fun, but the fact that it's being called a new Christmas franchise instead of just, we're working on a really cool Christmas film, we can't wait for you to see it, feels really weird. Dwayne, <laughs> my man, my dude, <laughs> my bald little Adonis. <laughs> little. He, he of tiny leg and broad shoulder. I implore you, I implore you, take up a dictionary. Take up a dictionary. Flip that motherfucker open. I want you to go to H, towards the end of the H section, yeah? And you're looking for a word. Now, word is hyperbole. Oh. Yeah? Oh, okay. I want you to read the definition of hyperbole. And if you ever feel like you're doing anything that brings you into that ballpark that that might be considered hyperbolic, one might say, um, just, just don't. Just know your role and shut your mouth. I thought you were going to say hubris. It's going to mime it with you and everything. Hubris is a lovely chap. Lovely fellow. Um, so I suppose my question to, to you is, God, do you still think you could fix the DC universe? No. Yeah. Good luck, Peter. Good luck, James. Can you fix a watch with a hammer? I think we need. I think we need a crisis. Yeah, but an actual fictional crisis, not an actual real life crisis. Because, oh boy, they had a lot of those. Do you have? Do I have a Christmas message for those watching this live or watching it uh, <clears> on YouTube <throat> in the final week of the year of our Lord, twenty twenty two, or for those who are listening to this on their first commute back into work before New Year, thinking. 
fucking hell, can't we all just have a week off? That'd be nice, wouldn't it? What, what do you say to these these fine folk? What, what Christmas message would you leave them on? Listen. <laughs> That's always a good start. Listen up. Christmas is a special time. And I want you to enjoy it. Because it might be your last one. Oh, Christ. His too. Bye! Bye! Bye.